Hello, Craft Beer Radio listeners. This is Jeff. Wanted to put a little addendum in here before the show. We used a different version of audio recording software to record this show, and it caused some fits with my laptop. So there was skipping throughout the entire show. I'm really bummed because it was a pretty good show content-wise. I did my best to clean it up, but there's still some quite noticeable skips in there. If you think it's too annoying to listen to, just stop playback and wait for our next show. I won't blame you. And speaking of our next show, at the end of the show we say we're taking a week off since it's taken me so long to get this show out and edited that this is the week we're taking off. So we'll be recording again on March 2nd, so you can expect a show to be out shortly after that. Thanks again, and hopefully you enjoy this episode of Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio, episode 32, February 16th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I am Jeff Bear. And I'm Greg Weiss. This week we are going to be doing rye beers. I've never tasted a rye beer before. I don't think I've ever had one before. I've had some, but it hasn't been for a long time. I mean, the immediate thing I think of is rye bread, because that's, that's the only taste that really comes to mind, but I'm sure they don't really taste Maybe like Maybe it's like bread. a Reuben in a bottle. <laughs> With the crowd, too, that'd be awesome. That'd be so good. <laughs> Jeff's Reuben beer. Uh, I know what I'm brewing next. Hmm, that, that could be very, very disgusting. <laughs> that would make your fermenter look very interesting afterwards. Well, let's get on to business before we get into the whole rye beer thing. First thing we need to say is our voicemail line is no more. Oh, that's too bad. Apparently nobody called or, or we didn't call it up and write. And it's no, it's, it's a free service, and if you don't get a call in 30 days, they could turn off your account. And uh, our Slacker listeners weren't calling us. Come on, don't, so don't the, blame them. So the account went away, and uh, someone else must have it now, because instead of giving you a not active thing, it leaves a voicemail for somebody else. Oh, really? <laughs> so um, I guess there's two options here. You can um, not call them and hope it goes back on the market <laughs> and we can grab it, or you can call them and say, why'd you take our number? <laughs> I should leave a message and ask them to uh, email me and see what's up, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. We, we, we set up another one, but the... Phone the the line the number is hard to remember and so it's like why bother? You yeah. really get many calls anyway. Right. If you really need to call and leave us a message, then send us an email and tell us so, and we'll figure something right. out. Uh, the multi brew, we're almost ready to do that multi brew uh, thing. Yeah, we're waiting on one package from Rick Sellers. Hopefully, by the time this actually gets out there, it'll be we'll, here. Yeah, we'll get it. I'm gonna have to make some suggestions on how the things are packed for next time, so they're easy for me to mix them up and send them back. I'm looking at you, Carl. You should see how he packed these things up. He bubble wrapped the bottles, uh-huh. and then he put cardboard around them and duct taped it, stuffed newspaper in the ends, and then he bubble wrapped the cardboard, and then he put them in the box, and he bubble wrapped the box and put newspaper all over it. It took me 10 minutes to, to get into the first <laughs> bottle of beer, and then I had to repack them back. So, Well, I mean, it's certainly it's probably not going to break. No, they didn't break, but oh, man. Thanks, Carl. Love it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, you're... You've been doing some updating. to the- Yeah, there's a couple of new things that I added. Um, there is now a nice, clean archive list where you can see all our past shows. Here's a link right at the top of our page where you can find that. Because I did that, I also shortened our RSS feed. So if you're looking at us in your aggregator right now, you might see less than all our shows. You'll see our most recent 10 shows or so. 
if you want to listen to our old shows, you simply just go to our website and click on that link. Which is craftbeerradio.com. Shows right there. I've been updating the upcoming style pages. You'll see some of the beers that we've been doing. i got a couple of things scheduled. We're going to be doing some milk stouts shortly. Uh, we're going to whip beer show shortly with the blue moon that everyone told us to give us mm-hmm. a fair try. Take a look at it. There's um, some beers we haven't bought that we need if someone wants to feel generous or <laughs> suggest some new beers or new styles for us to do. Kind of good. You can send us that email at beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you wanted to take a look at the newest New Brewer magazine, you will see an article about beer podcasts, and Jeff is interviewed very briefly in this article. Mentioned briefly in the article, I think, she, I mean, she used a lot of the content I gave her right. to form the body of the article. I'm quoted briefly. And, well, I'm quoted about when our cat goes nuts, and, <laughs> and it kind of seems like, you know, that's how our podcast will be remembered from people who read the article as a poorly produced, environmentally noisy podcast. So hopefully they give it a listen and see that's not exactly what we got going on here. Fed up fan is sick of dot com ads, and he gave us a whole big script for something to do, which was or something off not of, to do, which is basically off of the, the scene and network. So, but it, it's like it'll take like five minutes to do. So we're just gonna very briefly go over sudsgear.com. If you go to sudsgear.com and use CBR as your keyword, you get ten percent off your stuff you order, and we get ten percent of everything you buy. So that's it. So there you go for you, Fed up fan. No silly sudsgear.com ad. This week. Just a boring, annoying one. I hope you like that better. There are several ways you can send us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. Vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave us a comment. You can send an email or audio comment to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And you can't call us. Anymore. Nope, you can't call our comment line because we won't get the message. So, uh, on to email. We got some good emails this week. Marcus from Santa Fe says he has to agree with us on ranking Adam first. That was when we did the uh, post show two shows ago. Was it? Was or, it post, no? It was the it was the last beer of the show because of all the skunk. What show was it? It was, well, it was a, the mix six pack show. It was right? the yeah. yeah the IPA mix six pack yeah. show, and with all the skunk, we ended up tasting it during the show. Mm-hmm. He says that when when we tasted, it, it made his mouth water. It makes my mouth water just thinking about it. Uh, usually buys beer at Belmont Station. They carry a great assortment of beers, and he gave us a link to the website. Uh, they ship. $84 a case, though. It's a, it's a very expensive beer. It's a high alcohol beer. I mean, yes, you can get 10%, like the stouts for, for cheap, but I mean, you look at a case of Rogue or something, you know, it's about that price range. You're looking for especially Rogue or some other beers that are in that class. I don't know. It, it still seems a lot. I mean, and that's before shipping. Yeah, I guess you're right, because shipping's going to be another 20 bucks or so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a lot. But then again, it is a really good beer. It doesn't matter to us because they can't ship to Pennsylvania. Right. Yes. Tom from Connecticut writes in. Oh, yeah. This, this. <laughs> let, me, let me just say beforehand, last week I was trying to think of – first of all, I call it a Mexican dish. It's a Spanish dish. I was trying to think of what, what's, that, what's that dish? You may have a whole pan for it and rice and, and – and, and, uh, Saffron. And saffron and chicken and fish are in it. And I couldn't think of the name. And, of course, the next day I send Jeff an email – I couldn't think of that. And so we got, what, 15 emails, people saying, it's paella, Greg. So Tom writes in, there's nothing like sitting here wanting to scream paella at the radio <laughs> and waiting for Greg to come up with it. Oh, well. He liked the brewery vertical thing. It worked well for Dogfish Head. If we do another vertical feature, be sure to pick another relatively unique brewery. Mm-hmm. A brewery like Anderson Valley has a lot of great beers, but he didn't feel that they'd make a good vertical because their beers aren't in, you know, that different from the mainstream. Style. I see what he's saying. I mean, when I originally thought of the idea of brewery verticals, I didn't think about doing something like Dogfish Head and, and doing the creative, basically, m- bunch of different creative beers they do. But 
our show was very successful, the one that we did with Dr. Chen, I think, and I agree with Tom that probably it's better to do a show, if we're going to do a vertical, about a, a brewery that is a little bit, doesn't quite go, at least has offerings that are not quite the standard. Yeah. Uh, and our next one, whenever we do it, is supposed to be... Uh, we're going to be looking at doing Unibrew. Unibrew. And he also suggested Rogue would be another good one because they have the Chipotle, the Skull Splitter, the Morimoto, Soba, right. and some other interesting specialty beers as well. Jamie writes in and says, we brought up last week or maybe the week before the topic of the beer snob and how it's condescending. But uh, he doesn't consider it a pejorative. He thinks that it's actually very uh, a, good, a good moniker and it actually promotes beer. He, he, he seems to like the idea of being a beer snob. And I guess we all are in a certain sense. I told him that I seemed I like to call myself a beer geek more, uh-huh. and sees geek as having an opinionated connotation to it. And I didn't until he mentioned hmm. that, and he used some examples of you know computer geeks sort of Linux versus Microsoft and some other examples. So I, I you know I'm curious who else thinks geek beer geek is an opinionated person who poo poos everything that's not you know in their you know ballpark you know what they like. Well, I certainly do poo-poo beers that aren't. My friend actually calls me. I think th- th- this came about because I talked about how my friend calls me on it, calls me a beer snob all the time, and I'm looking at like someone drinking a Bud Light, and I just shake my head. He just looks at me and says, you're, you're such a beer snob. See, to me, a snob is, is more uh, uppity than a beer geek. Beer geek just wants to get into it and know everything about it. Uh-huh. So I had kind of the opposite connotations associated with two words than Jamie did. Oh, well. But this isn't the word, nerds, which is a great <laughs> podcast, by the way. Dave from Southampton, England writes in, My fiancé just bought me an MP3 player. I downloaded a bunch of your podcasts and listen while I drive around South England with work. Wow. You have a great show and I like your approach to beer. I particularly like the interview with the chap from Anheuser-Busch. Please, could you have more of this sort of thing? Yeah, well, we, what we want to do more interviews. We actually have an interview that just went up with, uh, with uh, Chris, Trogner. Chris Trogner from Trogue's Brewing Company. He liked our episode on IPA as it's his favorite kind of beer. He thinks that us Americans actually beat them in their own game at these styles sometimes. He's looking forward to hearing more. Um, you know, I think the IPA style in particular is um, the Americans are probably taking the lead. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's cool when I get people emails from people over, you know, out of the country who can't taste most of the beers we taste and they like how we do the show. It just makes me feel so great when we're doing a show that appeals to people who can't drink over tasting. Mm-hmm. Jim from Washington, D.C. says, We referred to the agency that regulates beer labels on our show as the FDA, but actually the agency is the TTB, the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, which used to be a part of the alcohol, the, the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, but the three stayed in the Treasury Department while the ATF went to the Justice Department. Interesting stuff. That's all the email we had this week. You, Let's jump on to news. The first news item is huge. Mm-hmm. Craft beer sales up 9% in 2005. Whoa. Whoa. If you remember, we reported that the uh, year before was 7%. Mm-hmm. year before that, I think, was like 65 Not only are we growing every single year, the rate of increasing. I like how you say we. Like we. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the show for craft beer in the craft brewing industry, right? <laughs> That's true. Let's see. It's the fastest growing segment of the U.S. average alcohol industry for the second consecutive year. Brewer Association estimates 2005 sales by craft brewers 7 million barrels, up from adjusted total of 6.5 million barrels. So we need to congratulate our listeners for drinking yeah. so much craft beer. You guys are great. Keep drinking craft beer. And uh, livers are on Greg. <laughs> the Glen Hay Falconer Foundation Brewing Scholarships are 
two full tuition scholarships for the 2006 World Brewery Academy Concise Course in Brewing Technology held at the Siebel Institute of Technology in Chicago. So basically there are these two full tuition scholarships for World Brewing and they're available and you have to go to SiebelInstitute.com to apply. Scholarships are open to pro brewers as well as home brewers from the Pacific Northwest including Alaska and Hawaii and Northern California regions. Each scholarship includes a $500 stipend to offset travel and lodging. So check that out. You know, there's a link on our website. If you are in that region and you would like to try to win a scholarship to the Siebel Institute, go for it. Sounds good. Or you could win it and give it to me. <laughs> Despite a sale increase in sales, Red Hook posts a fourth quarter loss. The Red Hook Ale Brewery reported a 7% increase of sales volume in the fourth quarter of 2005, but they had a net loss of $581,000. Hmm. Well, I'm not a big business guy, I guess, because I couldn't imagine how a company would stay in business after losing dollars in a quarter. <laughs> well, I you know, they're... Are they owned by Miller? It's an Anheuser-Busch distribution deal type thing. Small stake ownership, I believe. I don't know all the details. I don't want to spread any false rumors. Well, I mean, you generally have, um, I mean, like the the companies I was working at, like Free Markers operated on a loss the entire time it was in business. Uh, It was one of those things where you'd hope eventually that your, your sales would increase and you have a certain amount of money in your coffers and you basically yeah i guess but if red hook's not making money now by now it's scary yeah i I don't know i don't know how that works someone who has an economics degree might be able to help us out but that sounds scary for red hook last week's what beer am i was hennepin from brewery omega this was not a hard one so we got a lot of people got a lot i thought it was appropriately hard i uh i knew what it was but that was the reason i knew it right away is because like just last week I learned about the Flemish explorer mm-hmm. named Hennepin. I didn't know where the name came from until the just like three days before I got this one. So- See this, these these guys. Intern Scott, our intern <laughs> Carlos, Andrew from DC, Uli, which we assume U L I. We assume your your name is spelled is pronounced Uli. I would say Uli. Uli, Emily, Chris, Tom from CT, another Chris, a Chris with a K, Jean Luc from Long Island, Jim from DC, Heath from Marietta, Georgia, and Ben from Ithaca. Congratulations. This week's What Beer Am I was submitted by listener Dave. I am a Belgian Golden Ale, 7.6 alcohol by volume. 7.6. I play jokes, although my name suggests that I do. Okay. My brewery's location suggests that I am heavily guarded. Really? One of my sibling beers is named after a marine mammal. A marine mammal. Okay, on to rye beers. There's like not a real style. There's a style for the German Roggen beer, mm-hmm. but these beers are different. These are American ale styles of beer. Two of the ones we're tasting are under the rye beer style and beer advocate. Another one is under the double IPA style, hmm. and the third one is under the American pale ale. So these are beers that use rye. They don't conform to any particular style, but we're going to be looking to pick out the the rye in them tonight. Malted, right? Yes, yeah, malted rye, most likely. Standard ale type drinking. We're drinking them out of normal pint glasses this evening. We're drinking them at the average temperature, 45 degrees. Nothing too outstanding about that stuff. So let's get on to the beer. Let's do it and let's see if we can uh, pick out flavors and stuff that would go along with them too. The beers here. I just about nailed that one. I put them in the fridge when I was setting up the show. I feel like they're just about perfect. Yeah, look at that. So this is the Terrapin Rye Pale Ale, American Pale Ale, produced by the Terrapin Beer Company in Athens, Georgia. It has 5.3% alcohol by volume. 
45 IBUs, and it is hopped with Amarillo, Cascade, East Kent, Goldings, Fuggle, and Magnum Hops. A lot of hops in this one. Malted with two-row pale Munich, malted rye, biscuit malt, and honey. This is... Yeah, it's a lot of ingredients here. It won the award, won the gold medal for American Pale Ale at the 2002 Great American Beer Festival. Donated to us by Andrew from Georgia. Yes, I think he was from Georgia. So it's a very, it's a very clear orangish, gold to orange. Yeah, tangerine maybe. Yeah, the head is, um, it's light, but it's covering the top of the beer. Getting a lot of really, you know, crazy hoppiness. I mean, like crazy because there's so many different hops there. A citrusy type aroma, and it's really not as strong as I would have thought with the yeast or the the hop bill in this thing. It seems like there's so many different. I, I see what you're saying with the citrusiness, but there, it seems like there's so many different aromas there. They're almost like canceling each other out. It's hard to find the aroma, at least for me right now, with yeah. the way my nose is working. I'm smelling a little bit of malt and a little bit of citrusiness, but with the hops and the aromatic malts in this thing and the rye, you would expect a lot more aroma. What a taste. The flavor on this one is tastes like a classic American pale ale, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to tell if I picked up any rye on the first taste or not. It's it's subtle if it's there. You know, so, it's so hopped, it's hard to get. I think I did taste a little bit at the beginning of the taste where the malt was. It tasted a little more, how would you describe a rye sour? flavor? A little bit, um, it's drier than yeah. like a sweet malty thing, the flavor. It's a drier mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough because this one doesn't really, you know, with all these different hops and all these different malt, you expect something crazy. And I'd sort of feel like all the flavors just kind of colliding with each other. And again, we're just sort of getting kind of standard. Yeah, I'd love here. to know what the percentage of rye was in this. To just to to say, oh, I can taste the rye here, but you know, I can't. I can't pick it out. But overall, I really like the flavor of this beer. It's good American pale ale. It really is a good pale. It, 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 it's it's very very tasty, flavorful. As kind of um, it's like a lot of there's a significant number of amount of bitterness there. Mm-hmm. Forty five. It's not staying on your tongue and. and and leaving a bad sort of aftertaste. Yeah, it's, no, it certainly uh, finishes clean. It's, it's, it's very tasty. The thing that, that that that's interesting to me is that, like I said, there's there are five different varieties of hops in here, and, and so many different malts, and I'm not getting anything wacky. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's very subtle and balanced, and mm-hmm. it's certainly a summer refreshing beer. Yeah, it makes you feel like this turtle on the front there. He got a banjo playing farmer turtle with some hay and <laughs> with some straw in his mouth. But I'm still trying to pick out rye here, and I just don't. I don't get it i don't get that you know distinctiveness that i expected to get no i think it's a hard style to find the rye uh, i really like how the bitterness works in this one it comes on covers you know it fills your mouth with bitterness then when you swallow it it's not uh, it's not overwhelming it's not overt but it gives you that good bitter flavor that you need you're supposed to get from the american pale ale there's sort of an oranginess of, of to, to the hoppiness with yeah there's a citrus there there's some hop flavor, but that is less than you would have expected right. from reading the ingredients on this beer. You would expect a ton of flavoring hops, but put the rest into the bittering, it seems. Yeah, it's very good. Did we uh, Did we taste the Big Hoppy Monster a couple weeks yes, ago? Yes, we did. Okay, that was from the same brewery. Okay. Uh, big Hoppy Monster was, I think we tasted that on the, on the post show. Yeah. And that was big and hoppy. Right. It's almost as hoppy as Hop Wallop. Okay, this beer is finishing fast. It's a nice, clean drinker, mm-hmm. that's for sure. I still would like to find a little more aroma on this beer. If I was judging this one, I would, I'd would have to knock it down on aroma because it just doesn't seem to be as aromatic as you would think an American Pale Ale would be, either malt-wise or hop-wise or both. They're like canceling each other out. They're like inverse waves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon because beer is very tasty, 
again, but it doesn't have crazy divergent tastes. Very flavorful, but doesn't have much of aroma. Mm. I know yeah. where I'll be checking out if I'm ever in Georgia, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, I had a great finish to it, that last sip. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, this next beer we're drinking is from a uh, fairly prestigious small production brewery. This is Founders Brewing Company. Uh, uh, donated by the Good Beer Show quite some time ago. Uh, Jeffrey's been Jeffrey T's been bugging us to to drink his beers, and uh, <laughs> we wanted to fit him in a style show. So yeah. we're drinking two of the three uh, founders he sent us. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to try this because founders gets a lot of props, and I've never had a founders before, and this will be the first. Pouring with a big head, very big head. Six point eight percent in this one, sixty IBUs. Founders Brewing Companies in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dot com. They have the annual production of only 3,000 barrels, and they started in 1997. I should make a note. We should mention that the barrelage numbers I get from BeerMe.com, not always up to date. For example, we read what Brooklyn Brewing's production was, and when Steve Hindy wrote it, he's like, by the way, production's this, and it was 20,000 <laughs> barrels more. Mm. We said 30, and they're like at 51 or something like that. Okay, poured with a big head, and the head's soaking up a lot of aroma yeah. right now. But I can I can smell something there, some sort of maltiness. It's got a big head though. It's got about a fistful of head. Well, we split a beer, yeah. and both our pint glasses have head up to the rim. <laughs> uh, let's see. It says it's brewed with four varieties of Belgian caramel malts. Uh, there you go. I'm a flowery aroma from it. Very interesting. It's kind of reminiscent of the Yards Philly Pale Ale, the the sweet. You know, I don't know if it's going to taste like apricot. Probably yeah. won't, but that, that aroma that you get from that, it's kind of similar to this. Yeah, I mean, there's a hoppiness in there, and there's a definitely definitely a floralness. A kind of, uh, I got some yeast stuck on the top of my head there. Look at that. <laughs> I didn't decant carefully enough, and so there's some yeast sitting on the top of the foam. Just waiting for this foam to die down a bit, but I may have to just break through it, because it's uh, basically the, the color of this beer is... It's unfiltered. Yeah, it's unfiltered. It, it's, so not, it's not... I wouldn't really say cloudy. It's clear, but it's not. <laughs> I think it's the darkness that's making it look cloudy. I mean, look, I, I, I mean, like, I can't see you through it at all. Yeah, but if I hold it up to the monitor here, actually, that's yeast. Yeah, there's, there's a, a bunch of stuff suspended right in the center. Yeah, just suspended in the beer. It almost looks like it's like solid plastic with air bubbles <laughs> stuck in it because the stuff's not moving at all. It's a a light tan, I guess you would say, the color. Okay. I can definitely taste the rye here at the end. Um, you get it with... It's hard to explain quite what rye tastes like because you know, sourness doesn't quite cover it. It's kind of... Um, almost in the same way alcohol kind of flavor has a second sort of flavor after it passes over your tongue. This uh, It starts off, the first thing you notice when you take a sip is hops. Mm -hmm. Do we have the hops on this? No. I would have to say it's Simcoe maybe. Mm -hmm. It has a kind of peachy type flavor to it. Yes, good call. Yeah, definitely. Peach. I can definitely pull peach out of there. The rhinus with that second flavor just kind of imparts a slight kind of spiciness slash earthiness at the end. Um, yeah, I would call rice spicy. I'm trying to analyze the after aftertaste. Mm -hmm. There's like nothing there. Yeah, you think of when I think of flavors like this, I think of like over flavors and under flavors. I think of sweet 
and sour sort of over flavors and the kind of earthy flavor sort of under flavors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just for some reason, I, I kind of I almost visualize them that way. And rye is very much an under flavor. Uh, this, this distinct earthiness that kind of hits you a, a second time. It's the best way to describe it. I can't find any other way to describe the flavor. But if you were to give me this, and you didn't tell me what it was, I don't know whether I would say, oh, that's rye. No, I don't think I'd pick it up either. Okay, now I'm t- that last sip was a lot more rye at the beginning of the flavor, where before it was all hops, this time the rye kind of punched through. Mm. So either I'm getting a little bit numb to the hops, <laughs> and the rye is able to take the front stage, or the temperature warming up is bringing it up more. One or the other, I'm not sure which right now. Probably a little bit of both, because the hoppiness is pretty over. Uh, I guess I'm probably going to get a little numb to it before I'm done. It's one of those things where you tell me there's rye in there, I can pick it out. But if you didn't tell me there was rye, I wouldn't. I got some rye-flavored Triscuits downstairs. Does <laughs> <laughs> okay. everyone hate us? No, no. I think, you know, I listened to the post show last week, and I was I, I was not happy. Oh, okay. Because there was a lot of, like, chewing sounds. I was like, ooh. It's a post show. Deal with it. Hmm. It is tay. Wow, this is a good beer. Yeah, nothing really wrong with it. I mean, it's not my favorite tasting beer, but yeah, I really don't taste anything wrong with it. I love that peach flavor. Yeah. You know, really good. I think that's from, I never, you know, had a straight Simcoe hop beer, but I'm pretty sure that's from the Simcoe hops. I've only had Simcoe used with other hop combinations. Mm. Really feels good in my throat. Soothing. Yeah. It is a, it's a fairly creamy body on this beer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of carbonation in it, which is, Creamy with prickles, if you will. <laughs> it's kind of contradictory. But aside from the carbonation, it's a fairly, it's a pretty creamy mouthfeel. Those that don't listen to the pre-show, I'm recovering from a slight illness. So I got a little bit of a scratchy throat, and that's why my, my voice sounds a little bit uh, off. I, was good. I did the show for you guys. So when I read that spicy crisp, fin- crisp finish, and that's what I taste in this beer, what I want to see is a, uh, a rye pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> Prima pills with a little bit of rye. I don't know if it needs to get any more crisp, actually. It might just be overkill. Yeah. Could you make a rye pilsner? I I guess. You could put some some rye malt in there. You might might kill the color Mm -hmm. of the beer. I don't know what kind of color rye malt imparts on a beer. But, I mean, you could still do a pilsner recipe with rye malt and see what happens. That last taste tastes a lot like rye bread. Like you said, I think the the hops, you know, as as the hops disappear from, from the flavor profile, as you get used to them. The other stuff is coming out. That last sip, what it was coming, it's a, it was a really juicy mouthful of beer. It was like, <laughs> now I got a glass full of foam. Yeah. That was good. Got to thank Jeffrey for that. Thanks, Jeffrey T. <laughs> the water mixed with it doesn't really, doesn't appeal <laughs> the same way. Our next beer <clears throat> is also from Founders. It's their Black Rye. This is one as a winter seasonal rye, seven percent alcohol, forty IBUs. Our last beer was um, Found Red's, rye, Red's rye, and this one is Black Rye. So this one, I, I imagine, will pour very dark, and it does, although not black. Looks like a porter. Yeah, pours with a manageable head this time. Thank <laughs> goodness. Well, you know, now that it's in my cup, it, it does look black. It's almost. There's a slight amount of ruby highlighting there, but it's pretty dark. For some reason, when it was pouring, it looked pretty brown, but now that it's in the glass... It still looks like a porter, though. 
but it is I mean, it lives up to his name for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the label. It's very ACDC-ish. <laughs> the font is like ACDC and it's silver on black. There's about a finger's worth of head in here. And a, a more noticeable aroma. A lot of uh, roasted malts. It's a, it's a chocolatey coffee type aroma on it. I would agree. Clear of a sweetness in there too. It's a it's a sort of smell of uh, chocolate malt. It's a, it's very pronounced in this one. So getting a little bit of alcohol in the aroma there. Yep, it tastes like a porter. Lots of chocolate malt. Mm. I don't know if the rye is going to be able to come through that either. You know, there's almost a nuttiness to it. Yeah, there is. Uh, sort of an almond um, walnut flavor. To get you in the ballpark of the flavor on this one, think a, a big roasty porter like Sierra Nevada right. or Great Lakes Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, even like um, a, a coffee slash toffee. Yeah, there's a now after a second sip there. It's a, you might even think they put coffee in this. Mm-hmm. It's really coffee flavored. There's a lot, it's a lot of darkness to it. It doesn't. Hmm, trying to figure out. You know, okay, there's the rye. There you go. Oh, you got it. Yeah, I was starting to wonder if they put breakfast out in this bottle for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, it's sort of it, it, it's it, it's a little subtle, but it's there. And it's sticking with my it's sticking on my tongue. It's actually I, I sort of taste that rindness there. A little extra bit of bitterness in there, sour. Yeah. yeah. Makes the, the bitterness of the chocolate the dark malts taste just a slightly bit different, I'd say. Yeah, it's oh it's definitely there. This I would probably pick out the rye taste it now. That third sip really brought it out at home. Meanwhile, I'm just along for the ride because I'm <laughs> I'm tasting a great porter, but I'm not tasting any <laughs> any rye right now. This is this is even creamier. I think it's not as prickly the carbonation, so that's probably why. Here's something I collected off the founders' website: their philosophy to bring you truly great beer. We have focused our efforts on one simple pursuit: ignore mainstream. We brew beer we want to drink. Lower efficiencies, higher costs, less yields, and smaller market share. This may seem like an unsound business model, but in our pursuit for bigger and better beer, we have discovered a subculture of microbrewery aficionados. Enjoy. Beers that push the envelope of creativity. Yeah, I'm 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 a very staunch capitalist, so in this certain sense, I say you still have to have a business model. Period. So, but but also, I I do think I would that, just say they're uncompromising and yeah, putting out the beers yeah, they want to put out. Exactly. We actually we have the founders' Devil Dancer we got from Jeffrey, and then I think John did the breakfast out. Not yet. No. no. That is the one I really want to try. And then we have John from the uh, multi-brew experiment who sent us by accident he meant to send us a uh, Lancaster milk stout and he sent us the dirty bastard from founders which is a scotch ale oh so we're by ready. accident yeah he meant to send us the Lancaster milk stout we can get Lancaster milk stout, milk stout. I know but he lives in Lancaster and, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to turn down free beer even if it's Iron C- well maybe if it was Iron City but <laughs> <laughs> well I get your free Bud Light ew <laughs> So yeah, we have uh, two more founders that we'll be drinking in the uh, the future. Mm, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Apparently, like, the Dirty Bastard is like their biggest seller. That's Scotch Ale. or Scottish. It's called Dirty Bastard. Jeff is handing me the founders Dirty Bastard. It's definitely Dirty Bastard, Scotch style ale with a picture of a dirty bastard on the front. Uh, kind of a line drawing type. About labels. Let's get back to the beer. Okay, mm, this is good. Yeah. The um, the rye's coming out in the aroma now, and the reason I noticed that is because it smells a lot like the red's rye. 
Definitely taste the rye on this one. It, 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 it's unquestionable there's rye in this beer. Uh, I might be, I might even be able to pick it out with, if you didn't even tell me. Um, so yeah, right okay, I'm tasting it now. It's finally coming through the malt. I'm able to sort my way through that roasted chocolate mm-hmm. malt and get to the rye. And um, I'm able to really pick it up, comparing it to the Red's rye. I'm picking out similar flavors, not just the house brewery flavor. And it's the rye. It's one or the other now. <laughs> Doesn't taste how I thought rye would taste before the show, that's for sure. Um, it, it tastes somewhat similar, but I guess not totally. It tastes, um, could be similar components that are different in this beer, but it tastes a little bit sweeter and maybe juicier hmm. than I expected well, I it would that's taste. The other, I haven't talked about it is, is foods that would go well with this and, uh, Man, I'd love a Reuben right now. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I love Reuben's just about any time, so yeah, yeah. You know, I don't need a I'm beer. I'm not a huge fan of your place, sourdough with a little Thousand Island dressing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't like sauerkraut on its own, really. But just throw it on a Reuben, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> I'm a huge corned beef fan, too. My mom can't understand. I, she always makes pork and sauerkraut for New Year's pork roast. Hate it. Can't stand it. But... Rubens, yeah, give me some Rubens. Ooh, love it. And she can't understand how I like sauerkraut on Rubens, but not roasted with a pork roast. It's one of those things. Cheese I have a friend it. who um, doesn't like tomatoes, which is is the craziest thing to me because tomatoes are are such a. You must be talking about me. Oh, you don't like tomatoes? That they're stewed or whatever. I can eat them, but if they're raw, no way. It wasn't you I was talking about. He 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 can eat tomatoes. He, he can eat tomato sauce. He can eat like you know spaghetti tomato sauce, and he can definitely eat pizza. That's it. You don't like tomatoes? Not raw tomatoes. You you stew it, like stewed tomatoes? Uh-huh. I'm fine with that. But raw tomatoes on a sandwich or in a salad? Uh-uh. No, oh, I can't man. take it. Such a fundamental flavor. That's like not liking onions. I like onions. I just don't like tomatoes. I mean, you're in everything. Let's not get too far off topic. <laughs> Save it for the post show. You can ridicule me for my un- I, misunderstanding no, of tomatoes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, tomatoes are... are what the pro- if you were to ask me what my favorite fruit is, it'd be tomato. No, there's no question about it. <laughs> okay, I just don't like the flavor until it's cooked. <laughs> I like this uh, this black rye. It's uh, tasty. Very good. All these beers have been very good. <laughs> I said that the the rye would be more pronounced in all these beers so far, mm-hmm. and they've been more of a supporting character in the beers. And maybe that's how all rye beers are. Like a lot of these are your first. I've had. One, maybe two at beer festivals. Right. So I'm not too experienced with it either. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a new, a whole new like experience for both of us. So it's really interesting. That was the Black Rye from Founders Brewing Company. Our final beer of the night is the Hop Rod Rye from Bear Republic Brewing Company in Hedlesburg, California. Beer donated to us by Nick. Thank you very much, Nick. This is a double IPA. 7.5% alcohol. Let me finish my beer. Thank you, audience, for letting me finish my beer. Let me actually get this stuff out of here because the black rye was so good it's going to interfere. <clears throat> uh, 7.5% alcohol by volume. This won the 2004 California State Fair Silver Medal winner. In 2002, National Real Ale Festival was a gold medal winner. 2001... Hopefully I don't catch your cooties. Yeah, you actually <laughs> that might that's bad news, Jeff. I don't know about that. Sorry, it was either that or have an <laughs> overflow. Uh, two thousand one San Diego Real Ale Festival was a silver medal winner and best of sh- and a runner up for best of show. 
they have an annual production of 15,000 barrels. Or sorry, 1,500 barrels. And, <laughs> They're like, whoa, we make a lot of beer for a second there. <laughs> and uh, the beer, and like we said, it's donated by Nick because the distribution area is kind of small. California, Arizona, Colorado. What? Delaware. Delaware? That's what it said. Yeah, they got some East Coast stuff. Wow. Maybe that's what I wanted you to check. Maybe. Is there Maryland? Yeah, Maryland. I wanted you to look for Bear Republic stuff. Maybe, yeah, yeah, because California, Arizona, Colorado. I was I was very surprised. I expected – this is in you know California, so I expected it all to be West Coast. But here is uh, – but I really was Delaware on there. What? California, Arizona, Colorado, Delaware, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, Virginia, Wisconsin. So, that, yeah, it's like yeah, – I mean, if you look at the map, it's everything around Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we would mentioned – pre-show, Greg's going down to see his parents next week, and there was something in Maryland I wanted him to check out, something in Maryland. I couldn't remember what it was. It was Bear Republic Beers. I wanted you to go down and see what you could find down there. Hmm. Not getting much of an aroma from this one. I will definitely look for Bear Republic while I'm down there, by the way. I'm getting a fair amount of aroma. It's that sweet, full, American hops, juicy mm-hmm. aroma. Like we said, this is a double IPA, the Hop Rod Rye. And, um, it's funny how your nose plays tricks on you. You'll never guess what I just smelled. Well, Wet paint. Just like for an instant. I almost smell what you're getting at because it's you do? kind of – Yeah, I mean there's – I've been doing a lot of painting around here, so I'm intimate with the smell of wet paint. There, there, there's, there's, there's kind of uh, – man, it's, it's not wet paint, but there's a smell that's somewhat similar to the latex smell. Okay. I mean if you're looking for it, it's there. Okay. But, well, my brain found it. <laughs> My silly olfactory. By the way, this is a um, darker tan uh, with about a finger's worth of head. Two fingers, maybe. Yeah, I'd say it's just about brown. Dark for a, uh, a double IPA, that's for sure. Darker than some of the you know some of the darker ones we've had to date are like Dreadnought. Some other ones, and this is the darkest double IPA. It could be because the, the rye adds some color, but well, I, can't, oh, I don't know. The Terrapin wasn't dark at all. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a very juicy beer. Yeah, it, it, it's it's different from the other ones because it's not nearly as cohesive. It, it's more um, flowing. But I'm getting a little bit of rye at the end. A little bit of that rye, spicy earthiness at the end. Yeah, it finishes like crisp and spicy. And that's probably where that's coming from. A lot of malt in this one. Mm, and and, and, and as, it, as it goes away, there's more rye kind of, you know, uh, coming off your tongue aroma-wise. It's full body, a sweet beer. Doesn't seem that full body to me. No. As Jeffrey evaluates the mouthfeel. I mean, well, at first it doesn't, but then it kind of it, it kind of hits you like when you first taste it on your tongue, it tastes kind of watery, and then it hits you with <clears throat> kind of a strong body at the end. I, I wouldn't utter the words watery when describing this beer. It, well, it, just, it, it tastes like it's not creamy because the other beers have been really creamy. Okay. This one just kind of flows so easily. That's just the way it, it tastes to me. I, I guess. It, it I mean, kind of settled it, on the it back. It doesn't ha- taste watered down or anything. I don't want to give that impression. I would say, okay, if you're looking at it that way, I would say it, it settles on the back half of your tongue yeah. more so than the front half. Right. Um, I still call it a full mouthfeel, though. I, yeah, I would definitely not. Because like, you mentioned watery, but there's a certain really thin, liquidy you get when you you know taste a watery beer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to imply. I'm thinking my first homebrew, <laughs> first homebrew, watery. Holy yeah, cow. this is not that, that first that when it first hits your tongue, it feels like it flows so easy, and then it gets thick as it gets to the back of your tongue. And a significant amount of malt in this flavor, and then the and the whole 
experience of drinking right. this thing. And then you get some hop flavor. It's a the bitterness is there for balance, but it's not it's not ahead of the malt, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the rye, I think I can taste it there, especially at, at, at the after taste, but it's not as big as like the black rye. Okay. Yeah, the, the the two founders beers had a distinct flavor that was different than this one. I'm right now, mentally trying to figure out which one is how, how this ranks, <laughs> and um, it's a hard show because none of these are bad beers. I mean, none of these are even like you know. Yeah, these are all very, very yeah. drinkable, this, this very a, high rating beers. But this one, Hop Rye, Rye, is really good. Uh, I don't have the notes here, but I was looking these up. You know, they have the. The beer advocate ranking. Right. And I try not to pay attention to those so I don't, you know, get swayed in my judging here tonight or my tasting here tonight. Just for most of these, they're ranked in the like high eighties, nineties. Yeah. For I think every single beer. Well, you want to start? I mean, yeah, let's start. Okay. Well, let me go first. Uh, you can go first next time. Okay. All right. Uh, my first would be. Hmm, yeah, my first would be Black Rye. I really love. You know, I'm a big Porter fan, and I mm-hmm. love the whole, you know, all the different flavors you got from it. <sighs> I really did like the terrapin, like the red rye. I really love the peach flavor you got from the red mm-hmm. rye, and I love the terrapin too. I thought that was really good. Um, man, I'm all right. I'm just gonna go full in, right? Terrapin, terrapin is my second favorite. Okay, I think it's really it, it was it wasn't it didn't go crazy with the type of flavors you got, but it was just an excellent pale ale. It was really well done. It really surprised me because there were so many different ingredients, so balanced. Right, it, it, it gets a lot of props for that. And then next would be the, the, the red rye. It was right, right afterwards. I mean, because it's so good. That okay. peach flavor is excellent. And then I'd, I'd have to end. I'd have to put the hot rod last, just because the other three were so good. Okay, I am uh, probably closer to you than you think. <laughs> the way you were looking at me, black rye number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, good roasty, chocolatey coffee porter. At one point in there, it tasted like there was actually coffee or espresso yeah. in that porter. But and then the, the, the rye came through. And number two, I mentioned how it's a good drinking, yeah. good American pale ale, crisp finish, very, very refreshing. So I like that. Number three, I'm going to put the Berry Public. Okay. The Red Rye just really didn't do it for me that much. The 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 peach in there was was good and interesting, but overall it just didn't do it for me. So I'm putting the Berry Public third and then the, the Red Rye fourth. The Berry Public, the Hop Rod Rye, which we're drinking. The Berry Public, I didn't say why I put it third. It's just, it's a good, to me it's a little bit of a controversy whether it would fall into a double IPA. It has the bitterness, it has the alcohol, but it has a lot of malt that, it's it's the most malty double IPA I've had. Mm-hmm. Up to Maybe now. Maybe that's the rye that's adding some of that. Yeah, it could be. Up to now, the Dreadnought was one of the maltiest. What else have we had that's been really malty? Typically, it seems that a lot of breweries are going for the the paler side of a double IPA where mm-hmm. you're going with gravity and hops and paler malts and you're not really putting a big malt backbone. If you were going dark malt like Arrogant Bastard type thing, where Arrogant Bastard is probably more of an old ale or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's more of a strong old ale. Strong. But it, it's like going that way with a lot more malt than you see in a lot of double IPAs. But I do like it. And but You, you don't know, like tomatoes, but you like that. Exactly. <laughs> Think about the order is they're all such good beers. I, yeah. I really like them all. I and mean, we're still talking about beers that are better than I'd say eighty five percent of 
yeah. other beers. Maybe a little bit. I mean, well, we drink a lot of great beers on the show, so maybe you would have to say in the top to the top forty percent or something like that. These but. are these are very good beers. This, is, this has been a very good show. A lot of great beers. If you were looking for one, the Black Rye is probably the one that we would say. If you find it, get it. Yeah, it's the, it's the most unique drinking experience of the beers tonight. Is the Black Rye. I mean, the other ones you you'll be able to find things like it. The Reds is a little bit unique too. Probably the second most unique beer. Even though I put it last. <laughs> Such is the way of the show. Well, anyway, we're going to be um, we're going to take a week off. So we'll be back in two weeks with another show. It'll either be wit beers or milk stouts. I'm not sure which yet. Okay. Keep on drinking some good beer and let's have a 10% growth in 2006. What do you say? Amen to that. Cheers. Home pie. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Yeah,